Night Talk with Oliver Dixon. 38 minutes after 10 o'clock, you're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Do you think that our state, and specifically our state assets, state agencies and state-owned enterprises, are configured in the right way? Do you think the the locus of the shareholder power is in the right place, that is in the hands of the Minister of State-Owned Enterprises? Or do you believe that, as Gwede Mantashe once argued, that each state-owned asset must go to its political principle and state-owned enterprises must be done away with. What does that look in Gwede Mantashe's mind? It means that ESCOM would go to the Department of Minerals and Energy. Uh, it means that uh, Transnet would go to the Department of Transport. Uh, it means that Danel would go to the Department of Defense. And every department that has political oversight uh, over a certain state entity will also have shareholder oversight of that uh, entity and not a centralized shareholdership oversight uh, located and concentrated in the Minister of State-Owned Enterprises. Somehow, Praveen Godan believes that state-owned enterprises as a department and a ministry is also outdated and should be removed from the configuration of our state. But instead, a singular state-owned entity divorced from political and state interference must be set up and that will house all of our state-owned enterprises. It will have its own board, independent, its own, I guess, CEO, and as does the uh, various state-owned enterprises that will operate under it as the parent company. And the singular shareholder in this instance, debatable in the bill, would be the president. That is, in a nutshell, what I understand the bill to be. Public comment is being taken on the bill at the moment, and your comment matters. But it's important that we... Uh, you know, get a grasp of the facts, of the context, and make sense of the model. And joining me to have that conversation is Sandile Swana, who's a political and governance analyst. Sandile, good evening. Thank you so much for your time. I really, really do appreciate it. Welcome to Night Talk. Good evening to you, uh, Oliver, and to the listeners of uh, SAFM. Is there any model conceivable under which state assets and state-owned enterprises can be completely insulated and divorced from political interference? Not completely. Um, not completely. Uh, I, I think that we, we need to be realistic about what is, 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 is achievable and what should be achieved because, the, for instance, when... A lot of the state enterprises that we have today were formed at least for two objectives. One was to uh, industrialize South Africa fully. Uh, The other one was to develop military capabilities of South Africa and uh, to defend South Africa in the context of the Cold War and the armed struggle that was going on in South Africa. So the state enterprises which produced the most industrialized nation in Africa, which is South Africa, uh, were formed with political motives in, 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 in mind, and the Bruder Bond and the National Party played a major role in, in forming those things and guiding them through the economic history of South Africa. Mm, mm. And, and, and to that extent, has the state-owned enterprises as we currently have it been the best possible model under our state configuration for the ownership and management of our state-owned enterprises? 
Um, let me, perhaps, before answering your question, maybe uh, raise a concern in the way we're approaching this discussion as a nation. When I was going through the internet, the last report that I've located so far, I'm not claiming that my search was thorough, that easily popped up was prepared by Alec Ewing, the last consolidated financial performance report from 2001 to 2005. These other fellows that followed more, especially after the Pulukwane conference in 2007, after African National Congress, such a report uh, is lacking what you, at best, what you are getting are performance plans. Now, annual performance plans of the Department of Public Enterprises. Number two, uh, what I want to say is that probably we do need to say this entire agenda of reconfiguring state-owned enterprises in South Africa, which started in the 1990s, uh, the privatization of ESCOR, the privatization of ESCOM, the privatization of Arivia.com, and so on. Um, can we then get a proper report yeah. that says, what did we get out of that privatization, out of that corporatization, out of that restructure? Because, I mean, even Plaza was not there. Plaza is a new foundation mm. uh, as part of them trying to change this landscape. Number two, uh, uh, out of that, number three, sorry, is that they claim that there's about 700 state-owned enterprises. Can we then get a report of a five-year report of the performance of these enterprises and what their net assets have been, what their net cash flows have been, net profits have been, all of them, and what amount of new investment are they going to need and from where? Just like an overview. Of so a consolidated balance sheet of all 700 into one? Yes. Uh, yeah, but we want them itemized. Okay. You know, I see. So, seven hundred line items. Seven hundred line items. I want seven hundred line items. That is going to say the net assets uh, of this one uh, are this amount, uh, and so on. You know, a nice summary that gives us a picture of where we are. So, and then we then have an understanding of where we are. Then we have an understanding of the opportunities that we face and also an understanding of the problems that we face. Because you see, somebody who just comes to give you medicine, which is what this bill is that we're now discussing, is just to give you medicine. You have some disease that we might not know exactly what it is, but we can say definitely you are sick. But with this medicine, uh, we want to give you. Yeah. And I have a problem with that. Why is that? What, what, what? Because effectively what you're telling us, that there's a misdiagnosis of or an unempirical diagnosis of the problem of state-owned enterprises, what then needs to be the starting point to the conversation around its configuration? It, it, it would be, to my mind, it would be a, a, a business case uh, and some form of pre-feasibility study that is shared with the public, not this bill. What we should be receiving, for instance, a table like this. Imagine if we're having this interview now and this table I'm talking about is sitting in front of you. Yeah. And maybe with some short notes on 
how this enterprise has performed, whether it's the past 15 years or the past five years, and what exact problems do they actually face. All of these things face different markets, and what we do know is that they've not been able to lift the South African economy Mm. out of the doldrums, although there has been a period of previous performance. So to me, that is where we need to start, so that we know what the problem is that we're trying to solve. I'll make an illustration of this. Uh, If you look at the sector of higher education, higher education is under the Department of Education, quote-unquote. Mm. The regulators are there, it's regulated under education. The universities are running under the Department of Higher Education. Each university is regarded as an independent entity uh, on its own. UCT, WITS, UJ, University of Pretoria, UKZN, Stellenbosch, Pretoria, and so on, are regarded as, and they are performing. On the world stage, we have probably one of the few countries that has so, so many universities in the top 1,000 in the world. Um, so, so we've been performing relatively well. Yeah. Uh, without consolidating the universities under one ownership or umbrella or some controlling body, they are independent, and the emphasis that they must be independent. So we've been able, first of all, to run state-owned enterprises quite successfully and internationally competitive without any of these things that President Gordon is putting on the table right now. Uh, but we also have seen that where the comrades have come in at forte, they even threatened to shoot the principal that killed a few people, mm. TUT, uh, 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 not TUT, the VUT in the VAR, VUT, unimaginable corruption, and that corruption has crept into UNISA and started to tarnish the image of some of these universities, but it was a question of deployment of criminals into critical positions of leadership and management, and that is the problem we're not discussing in a decisive and conclusive manner. Mm -hmm. I then want to perhaps ask this question. The conversation around state-owned enterprises has reached a new epoch in South Africa, one where that is particularly contentious around the question, what should be done with underperforming or non-performing state-owned enterprises? Do we offload them? Do we privatize them? Or do we simply dissolve them, liquidate them? Um, Of course, the process around SAA has been one such uh, process. The question around IPPs at ESCOM and the unbundling of ESCOM has has recentered that question. And multiple other state-owned enterprises. Of course, there's a conversation around whether, uh, you know, Transnet should allow the private sector to become operators and, you know, Prasa to be turned into a railway renting agency uh, or railway owner, but not a railway operator, for instance. Those are ongoing conversations about to what extent the private sector must be included in key uh, state assets. Uh, It is one of contention. There are political parties that believe no uh, privatization uh, is the undoing uh, of 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 a pro poor state, and others that are arguing that uh, privatization uh, will make the state more efficient, more agile, and be able to uh, empower the state to to deliver better. To what extent will we reach consensus on this bill, specifically given how divisive that particular contentious point is? This bill, uh, and and we need to know what what is contentious about the bill. Uh, And 
what is contentious about situations like this. Um, when matters of this nature come up, you, 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 you start to have what I would just call for using a common language of sort of perfections. As we speak today, my understanding is that the uh, SAA has been sold to an ANC faction. That's been an open process to the market. A certain group of cadres has been selected and been basically handed over SAA for sweet nothing. Yeah. Right? Um, and, 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 and we have to look at that and say, Alec Ewing was the previous Minister of Trade and Industry and Public Enterprises as well. Uh, put in a young man at the time called Kayang Mula at SAA to tend that he was formerly CEO of IDC. He was transferred to SAA and he had about a minimum of four years of successful profit making. That is still on record in the Harvard uh, Business Review case studies. A yeah. successful turnaround. And when the Pulukwane faction took over, they kicked Kaya out and started looting SAA. So you find that a lot of these businesses, there are ways of running them successfully as state-owned enterprises. And even leaving a lot of room for, for private sector participation. But the model right now has been to run them down and then sell them off for a rent to selected cadres of the of the movement as well as their international finance partners and what if you and what if you. Mm. So it, it becomes a form of thing. and in that sense it becomes very, very contentious. Secondly, the participation if if you read the history of ESCOM and ESCOR, for that matter, these companies were built with bonds. Uh, uh, in other words, private investors bought a lot of bonds to build these companies. And people were proud. Pension funds and private citizens were proud to own as bonds and all those types of things. So there are many ways you can bring private sector participation, and it has already been done before. Uh, but what becomes a problem in this thing is when any group, it doesn't matter which group it is, that group could even be Rupert and Oppenheimer, it could be any group, wants to take national assets that have a strong history of superior performance and take them away for private use uh, without any clear economic advantage to the nation. So those are some of the issues they... There is no uh, actual empirical evidence that says privatized companies or private companies automatically perform better than state-owned companies. There's yeah. nothing like that. Yeah. Yeah. Give us a call. 86 We take a quick break. We continue on the other side of this. Four minutes to the top of the hour. You're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much uh, for your company this evening. I'm in conversation with governance analyst Sandile Swana. Sandile, let's perhaps then uh, explore this final theme. And I think importantly, it's this. Um, this isn't the only way a singular state-owned uh, entity 
or state-owned umbrella company isn't the only way we can reconfigure the state. Your position is before we rush to a solution, we need to have an accurate, uh, uh, you know, empirical diagnostics of our state-owned enterprises. That is to say, we need to see a consolidated balance sheet before we really even start having the conversation. And you know what? I agree with you entirely because right now we're having a speculative conversation in the dark. However, there are other modalities to consider if we were to diagnose this, the, the, the problem correctly or even at all to begin with. And that is, uh, just send every state-owned enterprise back to its political uh, o overseer. That is to say, ESCOM will go to Minerals and Energies, Transnet will and, and Prasa will go to Transport, Danel will go to Defense, so on and so on and so on. How, how much merit uh, and consideration should that particular, particular model be given? It's not a new one. It's one that Gwede Mandashi has, has hinted for, has argued for, uh, uh, especially when he wanted uh, ESCOM to be given to him as or him to be assigned as the shareholder of ESCOM. Um, is 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 there value and benefit to such a model? Yes, Oliver, it's, it's a it's a good comment that you are putting on the table, uh, and this comment also answers the question of what the comrades have been saying. These ones who are promoting this idea, they say it's, it's, the, it's the international best practice. It is not the international best practice. It's just one version uh, of doing things. I, I looked up the OECD uh, guidelines, governance guidelines for SOE, and they state quite clearly there that you know different countries do it differently. Uh, uh, all that you have to do is to have good governance, and the principles of good governance are exactly the same all over. Uh, so the short answer to your question is that if you look at OECD and you look at other institutions that have written papers on this and produced guidelines on this, they have not necessarily said that this particular approach that is on the table now is the best approach. So it's, it's not it's not international best practice. I, I think I can say that confidently. Yeah. And I was also looking at the issue that, for instance, there are nations there that are cited as examples, China being one of them. Uh, this year alone, China has already arrested uh, 140 um, executives of state-owned companies, and 200 more have voluntarily handed themselves over to the police for corruption in the state-owned companies in China. Uh, and a number of corporations are under investigation, or corporations, state-owned corporations in China are under investigation as we speak. Malaysia is well known; it's got a similar model. Yeah. It's well known for its vast corruption in, in 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 that arena. They are trying to recover from that. The people who've done relatively successfully is Singapore, and it was a different political philosophy of believing in honesty and and merit. Yeah. And just maybe finally, hopefully you can give me an answer to this in 30 seconds. Are we solving a structural problem uh, using policy or are we trying to solve a, a, a integrity problem using structural reform? Yeah. Uh, 90% problem is ethical and integrity. 
So your, your last comment is correct. Okay. And I have to leave it there. Sandy Leswana, thank you so much for your time this evening. Really, really do appreciate it. I'm taking your reactions to that. Give me a call. 86 I'm also taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 614 On the other side of this, it is the open line. But right now, we do be as your final news bulletin.